don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. This is Lorena Hollander from the Brazilian band Diaphanis, and you're listening to KCOU Colombia. KCOU 88.1 FM, start your Sunday, the first Sunday, the first day in May, 2022, May 1st, Harrison Vatnick, joined by a new face here in the Start Your Sunday studio, making his debut here on the KCOU Airwaves, filling in Ethan Cole. Harrison, how you doing, man? my man? Welcome in. I know it's been a big week for you. NFL draft stuff, Dolphins, got a couple good players, your boy Tyler Beatty. Selected yesterday in the sixth round by the Baltimore Ravens. We'll get to that later on. How are you doing today, Ethan? Uh, I'm doing pretty great. Um, the draft was way more exciting than I expected it to be, and there's some great stuff to talk about for sure. Yeah, it wasn't like in drafts in years past where we kind of had all these superstars. Where last year we had the Trevor Lawrence's and the the Zach Wilson's, and you know a couple years ago mm-hmm. all like, the Kyler Murray's, and in 2020 the Joe Burrow, who's a national champion, Justin Herbert, your boy Tua Tagovailoa. <laughs> This year was kind of more of the unfamiliar faces. We saw Trayvon Walker, who a lot of people never really heard of, went number one overall. And then after that, things fell into place, but had a bunch of trades that we'll get to later on. But I think where we should start uh, is obviously the most position, the most important position on the field with the quarterbacks. And kind of I have a little bit of a theory on, you know, why it was one of the most shocking quarterback changes, quarterback drafts, really in NFL draft history because it was the first time in over 40 years where one quarterback was selected in the first two rounds of the draft. To put that in context, first three picks last year, all All quarterbacks. quarterbacks. 2020, first six picks, three quarterbacks. Mm. 2019, Kyler Murray, that that draft still had, what, three quarterbacks Mm. go in the first round with Dwayne Haskins and... um, Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray in 2018. Five quarterbacks go in the first round. This year, one in the first two rounds. So why was this? We thought Malik Willis could go anywhere between two, and he eventually fell to, what, 76? I thought 86, maybe? Something like that. Kenny Pickett thought he could go six to Carolina. He actually went in the top 20. That could be Mm -hmm. almost a reach. People are talking about with Pittsburgh. I don't think you could personally reach for a quarterback. Sam Howe, we thought he could go possibly first-round range. He fell to the fifth round. First pick, fifth round. Wild. I think that with it's so hard nowadays to get the quarterback position right. And these GMs, you know, like, like Terry Fortnott for the Atlanta Falcons and Scott Fitter for the Carolina Panthers, these guys have jobs on the line. These guys are entering their second and third year as a general manager with their teams. And I think it's such a big risk to take an unknown quarterback. And the difference with this quarterback class kind of was – we thought they were good. We thought that they could be difference makers, but no one knew for sure what it was. There was no surefire Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tua Tagovailoa. It was more like upside guys. Matt Corral, mm-hmm. we talked upside. Desmond Ritter, we talked so much on the show is if these guys can put it together. I, I think that these GMs were just not willing to take – the risk on their jobs of drafting a quarterback in the first round or two on guys they're not sure 
can put it together because if you get the quarterback wrong, it doesn't work out. And you see so many times in the NFL, you remember the Denver Broncos when they took Drew Locke out of Missouri in the second round. They thought he could be the guy. It set the franchise back a couple of years. So many times, Daniel Jones of the Giants, mm-hmm. they took a reach on him at number six. six. And that felt very reminiscent as if the, if the Carolina Panthers took a Malik Willis at number six or a Kenny Pickett at six. The difference with Pittsburgh is they could have five straight losing seasons. I'm not sure they're going to fire Mike Tomlin. Tomlin has mm-hmm. a lot of comfort with that job. He, is, he has a job for as long as he wants it. They needed a quarterback. They got one. But if Carolina were taking Kenny Pickett there, all of a sudden jobs are on the line if that doesn't work out. What are your thoughts on the quarterbacks falling? Um, well, uh, the Kenny Pickett thing, I thought uh, the Steelers were such a Malik Willis team. Like, I feel like they just fit his mold and how he wanted to play. Actually, it reminded me of something. Um, the Steelers back in 1983 passed on a Pittsburgh quarterback. I yeah. think they did not want to make that mistake again. And this Kenny Pickett has broke a lot of Dan Marino's pit, record, pit records. Yeah. And I was like, I think the Steelers was like, all right, we can't make this mistake again, which um, everyone talks about. He's got two small hands. He has to wear gloves to throw the football, which uh, I'm gonna, I'm interested to see how that's going to play out in the NFL. The Steelers also built up their receiver core a lot. George Pickens and Calvin Austin um, from Memphis, like along with the other guys that they already had. So um, they're and they have Najee Harris. So the Steelers, like if Kenny Pickett, like if he can come in and play even halfway decent, their defense is still good. There's the AFC North is going to be tough yeah. if he's even halfway decent this season. There's there's four really good teams there. The Bengals obviously won the AFC last year. Baltimore was a 14 win team two years ago. They had a plethora of injuries last year. The Browns. We'll see how the Deshaun Watson thing goes. And we just forget about Pittsburgh, who was a playoff team last year, yeah. and they lost to Kansas City in the wild card. Now they got a rookie quarterback coming in. You mentioned they draft George Pickens and Calvin Austin the third, two kind of very different receivers. Mm-hmm. With Calvin Austin, he's kind of that speed gadget guy. If you can use him kind of the right way, it, it'll work perfectly for them mm-hmm. because they've never had a guy. Oh man, him. Yeah, I had a guy like Switzer. that. <laughs> he was know. on the Cowboys. He was drafted by yeah, the Cowboys, right? He was on the Cowboys, but then he was on Pittsburgh for a few years, mm-hmm. and they kind of used him in that role for a little bit, and it worked. So I wonder if they're going to try to use a similar mold for Calvin Austin. George Pickens is a guy who so after underrated. His first to me. year in college, his freshman year in 2019, he was being talked about as the number one receiver in this mm-hmm. class, but then kind of things shifted in 2020 where. Georgia went into more of a run-first offense, and then obviously towards ACL and missed a bunch of mm-hmm. last season, came for the last couple of games, had an incredible catch in the national championship against Alabama. Mm-hmm. We know what he's capable of. And if there's a team, Pittsburgh is the best team in the NFL developing wide receivers. Chase Claypool was a, a day-two pick. He was awesome. Juju Smith-Schuster, mm-hmm. day-two pick. They developed him something great. Obviously, he's with the Kansas City Chiefs now. Deontay Johnson. So many times, Pittsburgh, James Washington's another who's in Dallas now. They're so good at developing these day two receivers. I think both Austin and Pickens can be great. So Malik Willis, back to him. Mm. He is now, you mentioned the, the pick quarterback thing. They, they passed on Dan Reno in 1983 when he was here in Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. At the end of the round, obviously had a Hall of Fame career. Uh, lots of uh, titles and award, not awards. and not, no, no championships, <laughs> but lots of success there carrying that franchise. Malik Willis, Tennessee Titans, 86. I mean, we mentioned Detroit could have taken him at number two overall. There was discussions about that. New Orleans, Atlanta, all these teams seemed interested. No one went forward. Tennessee now taking a risk they have. Former Dolphin quarterback Ryan Tannehill, I know you're up and down on. Yeah. 
he has no guaranteed money after this year. Do you think Malik Willis can be the future quarterback for the Tennessee Titans? I mean, it it kind of seems that way. He kind of just fell in their lap, and they kind of felt like, you know what, let's just build right now for the future. Um, and the Titans, they had a very interesting draft. I don't think any anybody planned the Titans to get one Malik Willis or to trade A.J. Brown. Like, you trade one of arguably one of your best players on your team, which they got. Um, they ended up getting Traylon Burks, which I think he's a great talent. That's a great replacement for AJ Brown. He's he's going to be cheaper, a lot cheaper too, because he's going to be on a rookie deal. Um, the Titans had a very interesting draft. They have Robert Woods as well. He's a solid number two option. Um, I, the Titan they have one of the strangest drafts I've ever seen because nobody expected that. I kind of saw the quarterback thing just because Tannehill is due a lot of money this year and stuff like that. So I was going to see. He also he's kind of been holding them back a little bit. Now, granted, their injuries last year yeah. <laughs> they were yeah, they a banged were still up the team. Number one seed in the AFC. Exactly, and so um, Tannehill was holding them back a little bit, um, but they're kind of they're ready for the future, I guess. And uh, I think Malik, I think you will have success, especially if Derrick Henry's still there. Because that takes a lot of pressure off a rookie quarterback or just a young a young quarterback in general. Yeah, we'll see what the shelf life is on Derrick Henry because by the time Leakula starts, Henry's going to be in what, like year seven or mm. year eight? The yeah. carries are starting to load up on him. We'll mm. see if he's still the running back. But if there's anyone, it's probably going to be him. With Willis, he just showed a lot of ups and downs in colleges. We saw the really good in him, but then also the really bad. And that's possibly one of the reasons he fell all the way to 86 with Tennessee. I think he could be the starter after the season. I think mm. if he shows... I wonder if they're going to try to use him because we saw the Bears do a little bit of this with Fields before. They started him and the Niners did a little bit with Trey Lance last year. Just some wildcat packages with Willis because we obviously know the incredible athlete that he is Mm -hmm. and mobility, something that Ryan Tannehill doesn't have. So I wonder if Mike Vrabel and them are going to get creative in trying to use Malik Willis at times next season to kind of give him baby steps into the offense Mm -hmm. for when – they eventually do turn, turn. Yeah. from Tannehill to Wilson. He's a little bit ready. The other two quarterbacks, we'll start with Matt Corral. He was taken at the end of the third round. Carolina didn't have a day two pick. They took Ikema Kwanwu yeah, at, six. at number six overall. Pick. And then they moved back in the third round to go get uh, Matt Corral, who was my favorite quarterback entering this class. We'd always talk about guys who needed to put it together. I thought he was the closest among probably the four of actually having the most complete game. Obviously, everyone still has stuff needs to work on. I think the accuracy, it was great at times. It was also a little shaky at times. But I think from what I saw, there is room for improvement with him. Carolina, clearly they wanted him coming back into the third round. If I want to make a guess of, I think Pickett will start week one for Pittsburgh. Between Corral, Willis, and Ritter, who will start first? I will put confident value into it's going to be Matt Corral first. Mm. What are your thoughts? I, I like that too. Um, I think uh, a little bit. Uh, scared teams away. He's kind of. I've heard he's like a bad character guy, which I don't know if that's actually true. I've just heard a bunch of stuff about that, so that could be why he fell as well. I think he did end up in a good situation. This is what Matt Rule and them need. They need like a guy that they take in the third round, and they can put all their effort into him. And if he doesn't pan out, then they're going to lose their jobs. Yeah. So this is kind of a great pick for them because they're like, okay, we got a guy like third round. We're not like. We're not going to get fired necessarily this year unless like things just go well, Matt, well, incredibly south. Year three, so if yeah. they miss the playoffs this year, it could be it three could straight be, years of no football, football for him. I, if, if the Panthers want to give him some time to help Matt Corral develop, then we're, we're going to have to see. But I, I like you said, I think he has a great chance to start this year and play good snaps and a lot of snaps. Because what are the chances that you know Sam Darnold enters this season and 
all of a sudden looks like a new quarterback because I don't like his odds on that. He was very good at the beginning of last year, to be fair, when they played three pretty crummy teams. Yeah. They played the, the Jets, the, Jets Texans. the Saints, and the Texans in their yeah. first three games. They started 3-0 and I think won maybe three or four games for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I think Corral could start before Halloween. I think that if Darnold gets on a slow start and the Panthers are 2-4, and 1-3, and three, and they need to save the season and Corral is you know, there in the wings, I could see them giving a chance because I think the deep – the big arm that he has, and they have so many deep threats. They have, mm-hmm. you know, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, Terrace Marshall, who didn't have a lot of last year. at the end yeah. of last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they go corral. What are your thoughts on Desmond Ritter to Atlanta? Actually, I really like I, li- I really like Ritter. I think he takes care of the ball well. Um, we've talked about that a lot before, but um, I think he's in a good spot because he's in a spot that where the job will be his at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how long Marcus Mariota is going to be the starter. If he's actually going to be the starter, I feel like Ritter can come and help compete for that because. Um, Mariota's a lot faster, but Ritter's also just as great of a runner, in my opinion, as well. And I think that's an underrated part of his game. But um, I, I, Atlanta needs to build a couple of weapons, more weapons around him. But because um, their 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 receiver core is a little rough at the moment. Um, well, they got Drake London, who I think did. was the best receiver. They in did, class. yeah, they did. They get they did get London, which he'll help them out a lot, and Kyle Pitts still. So. Um, I'm very curious to see how it's because they're in a tough division too. Like they're gonna have to play the Bucks twice yeah. a year. I mean the Panthers, the Saints. The Saints we don't know what's, they're what they're gonna see from them. So um, it's gonna be very interesting to see what he can do this year if he like does get that chance, which I would imagine he would. But we're gonna have to see. I think Atlanta is gonna be one of the worst teams in football next year. Personally, I think that if they're like one and eight at one point, one and seven. And Mariota is just really not looking great. I think they could turn the offense to Ritter and see, like, hey, we took our second rounder on you, or, or third rounder. Mm-hmm. We'll see see what you got, kid. And if he plays well, the job could be his in 2023. If not, mm-hmm. then they can go address the quarterback position in the offseason, in the 2023 offseason, because they didn't put a lot of stock in Ritter. It was a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, We see bad third-round picks all the time. That's true. Yeah, that's why I like the Panthers and Falcons taking them there. Like they didn't reach for them, and they kind of just fell on their lap, yeah. honestly. Because if they're there and quarterbacks a big need for you, you're not taking a huge risk there. So I like I like them taking the quarterbacks where they did. I agree. Let's go to talk about some of the receivers we mentioned. A little Drake London mm-hmm. went number eight to Atlanta. Then we had the run. Garrett Wilson, number ten of the Jets. New Orleans Saints got Chris Olave at 11. Jamison Williams from Alabama went number 12 to the Detroit Lions, who traded up, moving up 20 spots to get him. And then also we saw the Washington Commanders take Jahan Dotson uh, at number 16. A bit of a reach possible there, but if he's a good player, it'll work out. Uh, which team do you think got the best receiver here? Oh, man, I want to say I feel like Jamison Williams had the highest ceiling coming in, but with him being on the Lions, I don't know how high that ceiling is anymore because I don't know. They still, there's still question mark at quarterback because they didn't take Willis. They didn't take any of the quarterbacks, which kind of shocked me, especially because they were there at, when they were picking, um, and they didn't have to waste like a first round pick on yeah. them. They had him there at third. Um, I really like Chris Olave. I liked him coming in, and um, I think he'll be a good weapon for the Saints. Something that they need, like a deep threat, because Michael Thomas hasn't played in like two years, yeah. and he's he's just a guy that he's the slant guy. Slant <laughs> boy, yeah, his nickname is. Want to say that, but um. I, I don't know. There's some really good receivers in this class. Garrett Wilson could have a great 
like the Jets kind of have a sneaky good weaponry now. They had a, they had a really good draft. We can talk mm-hmm. about them real fast. They obviously had Garrett Wilson, number 10. At number four overall, Sauce Gardner, a lot of people's cornerback one. He was yeah. actually the second corner taken mm-hmm. because Derek Stingley went three to Houston. Jermaine Johnson, who they were really liked, possibly at the fourth or tenth pick. They got him mm-hmm. in the in the mid to late twenties. Then Brees Hall, they took at number thirty six overall, mm-hmm. trading up to get him. And then they got Jeremy Rucker, the tight end from Ohio State. I know how we feel about the New York Jets. Yeah. As being a <laughs> Dolphin fan, I'm doing the Patriots, and this is a team that hasn't really competed with us for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, are the Jets all of a sudden a scary team? Uh, I, I feel like, I hate to say this, but it's kind of all on Zach Wilson to put it together because, like, they got the pieces. He's got to be the glue to put it all together. Um, and, I mean, Robert Sala, they're going to have a good defense. Like, Robert Sala can put the pieces together on defense. So I think it's up to the offense to how far this team's going to go. And with a bunch of rookies, it's also tough. Like, like recently, like, rookies have just been, like, insane out the gate. Like, we saw Jamar Chase um, win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Jalen Waddle broke the receptions record for rookies. So, like, the expectation for rookies is higher it's now. It's higher than it's ever been. And which is crazy. And this class, like uh like the quarterback class is not deep, so like the expectations there is like definitely way different from what it's been in the past. Um so oh, man, it's gonna be so interesting. Yeah, I still don't think the defense is very good. I thought they had the worst personnel on defense last year. They add a really good corner uh, in Sauce Gardner who is probably going to be one of the better corners in the league. Jermaine Johnson at Florida State had his moments. We'll see how good he actually is. Outside of that, the defense is fine. Uh, DJ Reed they acquired um, from the Seattle Seahawks. Jordan Whitehead from Tampa Bay Buccaneers is their new mm-hmm. starting strong safety. Offensively, look at the weapons. It's all on Zach Wilson. They have yeah. Elijah Moore, who they took a second-round pick on last year. A top-ten pick now with Garrett Wilson, Braxton Berrios, who was... An excellent player last year. Who's the other one? Corey Davis. Yeah, Corey Davis. Davis. They still have a paid Michael him Carter. A three year. Michael Carter, the running back. Also, like Michael Carter, they, the, the defensive player. Yeah, and they got uh, Conklin uh, yeah. from Minnesota and Uzama for so um, yeah, three Cincinnati. tight ends they can all use. And they're giving Zach Wilson all the help he can get. Mm-hmm. He was had some moments last year, but also sometimes you were like, oh, wow. Yeah. He threw three straight interceptions against the Patriots in week two. He got better as the season went on at times. It was also some of the games he had were against Jacksonville where he played mm-hmm. well. And a little bit against like Miami, who two teams that didn't make the playoffs. It'll be, it's all on Zach Wilson. And mm-hmm. if he doesn't play well next year, do you think they could possibly move on? I mean, I don't see why they're, not. They're investing so much into the weapons. If he doesn't work out and the team fails because of him, yeah, I feel like some a lot of teams are kind of in that spot where their team is too good, and if their quarterback's holding them back, then I think it's just a switch you got to make. Um, I hate to say that, but I feel like it's the same with the Miami Dolphins yeah. as well. Like that. Like the team around them is just so good that like I think anyone like can come in play halfway decent, and so that's why I think just give these dudes a chance and let's see what they got. It's all on them, but so we'll yeah. we'll see if that if pressure creates diamonds or they just uh, fail out there. And we could talk about that real fast with Miami because obviously you haven't been on the show since the big offseason moves that they made. Mm-hmm. They're giving Tua Tagovailoa all the help he can get. And, you know we've been per- kind of critical on Tua uh, on this show in the last year or so because. Of just the up and down it's been. We've mm-hmm. had some moments in the 2020 season where he's like, hey, this can be a franchise quarterback. But then last year was really poor in kind of the first six weeks of the year. Had a good stretch. And then the last kind of couple games of the season on the line, you mentioned the Tennessee one. He kind of folded together. Yeah. They just gave him Tyree Kill, the second, maybe third best wide receiver in the league. You already have Jalen Waddle. You mentioned one of the best rookie receiving seasons ever with a catch he had last year. Several touchdowns. They bring him an offensive coach in Mike McDaniel. Who 
He worked. He made Jimmy Garoppolo look like yeah, a good quarterback. If that's he did true. that, he can make two other. They added a couple running backs for he Mostert, uh, Chase Edmonds from the Cardinals. What are the expectations? They traded Devontae Parker, I know, who was one of your favorite yeah, players, to is, the rival yeah. Patriots. Last time they traded a receiver in New England. Did not work out so well for a us. A border Hall of Fame career in Wes Welker. Uh, your expectations and the direction you think the Dolphins are heading in. And then you can also talk about some of their draft picks. I, I, would, say, I would say the expectation is high just because, I mean, we've been kind of a disappointment for the last 20 years. No playoff win since 2000, which is a, like second or third longest in the NFL. Um, and this year, I feel like we're putting all the pieces together. Our defense, like – it got even better from last year because we added more pieces to it. Uh, Channing Tindall was our first pick at 102, which I think was an amazing pick. Um, him and Jerome Baker, I think, will be great together. And we already have a lot of great pieces in the secondary, like Brandon Jones. Javon Holland had an excellent rookie year. Can't wait to see what he can do. Byron Jones, Xavier Howard. And then we re-signed Ogbo. We got Mike, on offense, we got Mike Kosicki back. Um, so the And Teron Armstead, arguably the number one free agent this year. Um so, man, it's it's going to be so interesting to see. And I, I feel like anything short of the playoffs is just yeah. disappointment with how good the team is. Like, that's why everyone's like, it's all on two, it's all on two. It's, that is true. Yeah. And I think he can just be halfway decent. And with all the talent that we have. Now, granted, the, S, the AFC is very tough. Yeah. So that that could skew it a little bit. But I think anything short of like shorter than the playoffs, like I feel like this year's a bust because we have we have way too good of a team to not be competing for the playoffs. Yeah, like I was running through my AFC playoff teams after the first round on Thursday night, and you know it was hard to put find a spot for the Dolphins in there, just because how competitive. Because mm-hmm. obviously, way too early, so many things can change. But seven teams I think can make the playoffs is division winners in Buffalo and. Cincinnati, I like Indianapolis, I like the Chargers, and the Chiefs are good. The Raiders were a top-five offense. Then they added Devontae Adams. And then for that seventh spot, it's Dolphins and Patriots and Steelers and Broncos and Browns with Deshaun Watson. And Baltimore could be back in the mix. And Tennessee was the number one seed last year. I just named seven teams that have a chance for that seventh wild-card spot. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be such a a dogfight in there. And even a team like Jacksonville with a new Doug Peterson as the coach and Trevor Lawrence – Taking the step and I mean the Jets the signings too. And the Jets is another one. There's so many teams. The only team I can confidently say won't make the playoffs in the AFC next year is like Houston. Yeah. Is and there anyone else that you can just say for sure like won't make it? I, I mean, you kind of have to say Jacksonville. Like I, I'll, just, I'm not going to count them. Out. Mainly just because like they do play the Texans twice a year, but um, they added pieces to stop guys like Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry. But we're going to see how well that works with with their number one pick. And they got Devin Lloyd as well. Um, they got. Uh, Foyasada Luakan, who's from uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I really like him. He had 196 tackles last year. By far led the league. Um, and, man, I, I I just don't know. I feel like confidently I can say there's at least 13 teams that can make the playoffs. 14 if you want to include the Jets as well. I think yeah. they're on the bubble there. With with they're how close. tough it is, I don't I don't know. It's going to be extremely tough. It really is. Uh, then you also mentioned the Jaguars by the number one overall pick and took Trayvon Walker. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Man, because I, he was a guy who kind of came out of nowhere. True. Uh, I think this this kind of makes me think, like, how impactful is the combine? Because I think if Trayvon Walker, like, even was hurt and didn't have the combine, he does not go number one overall, if we're being honest. Like, um, how he showed out there, that, I guess that convinced the Jags enough um, to take him. I think they should have taken Aiden Hutchinson. I feel like he was a lot better pick here. Um, I think the Lions, like, at two, getting him, he gets to stay home. He's from Michigan, went to Michigan. 
um, getting to stay with his hometown Lions. I think that was just a great pick for them, and I really hope he produces um, there for them. And I know Dan Campbell is going to love that guy. I, I didn't think the Lions would take Trayvon Walker if they had him at two. They would maybe just because he's very good, but definitely a surprise to me because I didn't expect them to go there. Now, it was the favorite going in, so I was I kind of had the idea that I was like, okay, there's actually a true possibility then. But Yeah, it's – it's a lot for them. I think Walker, I watched obviously every Georgia game from this past season. He was, he wasn't necessarily the game wrecker all around, but he showed flashes at times, which I always mention when going back to talking about him, is you see what can be. And if mm-hmm. it's that, it's like Jadavion Clowney, like in the early stage of his career when he was one of the best defensive linemen in the sport and kind of J.J. Watt, like he's just extremely athletic. He has the speed of a defensive lineman. But then can also get back out in coverage. It's it's something he adds more than what Aiden Hutchinson can in the all around if he puts it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, a team I want to talk about specifics. I thought this team had a really good draft, and it's a team that's had a lot of good drafts lately. Kansas City Chiefs, hmm. and they had two first round picks. One of them they got from the Dolphins. Yep. They got Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis, the corner from Washington, defensive end from Purdue. They had a receiver in the second round because they lost Harry Kill. They were stuck with Marquez Valdez Scantling and Juju Smith Schuster. And they went out and got Sky Moore from Western Michigan. They had Cincinnati safety, Brian Cook. They got Wisconsin linebacker, Leo Chanel, who had first-round buzz at one point. Yeah. And then Darian Kennard in the fifth round is a really good offensive guard mm. from Kentucky. Uh, your thoughts on the Chiefs and if they can still be seen as the favorites in the AFC after the draft? I mean, I think they got better after the draft. Yeah. Like, it's it's really hard to not say that. Like, I think Sky I think everyone is super high on Sky Moore, which I, I, I imagine he's going to show out because, like, he has – arguably the best quarterback in the league, throwing him the ball. Now, the receiver room is a little crowded now because they did add a bunch of guys like uh, MVS, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, a bunch of guys like that. Um, and then when you get guys like Trent McDuffie, the Chiefs love their Washington corners. He, he kind yeah, of lo- he kind of looks like Marquez He's Peters. a little undersized. Like, He's only 5'8", Peters about 5'9". You know, doesn't have the so, longest of arms, but a very athletic guy. Yeah, so they just love those guys and getting an end like George Karlaftis, um I think he's he's going to be an interesting pick. I really want to see what he can do cuz like I don't know what his expectations should be. He's really young. That is true too. And so like the Chiefs like they struggle with pass rush. Getting Melvin Ingram middle of the season really helped them, but he's not there anymore. So yep. he's going to have to fill that role as a rookie. So we're going to have to see that. I really like the Leo Chanel pick. They have a, they're starting to get themselves a linebacker core there with Willie Nick Gay, Bolton, Nick Bolton, and, Willie Gay and now they, Leo Chanel. They got yeah, they got some good guys back there. I, and Brian Cook's a great pick too. I think that's a little bit of an underrated pick in my opinion because as well. Because in the Cincinnati secondary, we talked so much about Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Sauce was the second corner taking. Kobe Bryant won the Thorpe Award for the best corner in college football. The Seahawks and in the fourth, Cook, I think. And then Cook wasn't getting a lot of love. Yeah, uh, Seattle took uh, uh, Kobe Bryant in the fourth. Was it I, was a, yeah, it was the third okay, or fourth. Fourth round, yeah. And Seattle also took a running back when they had Rashad Penny. And they took, a, they took Charles Cross, which was a good pick. They took Kenneth Walker, which, I mean, he's. I think he'll be good. I, I don't know if it was the right pick for them. Well, but. I think they're, they're expecting a pretty low expectation season next year where they'll have a top two pick to get either C.J. Stroud from Ohio State or Bryce Young for Alabama. Quickly, before we get to our break, uh, what team should we hit on? We're doing Baltimore after the break. Uh, Chargers. Oh, yeah, this is a team I mentioned. The Chargers. If you look back at the last four drafts, what they've been able to do is their run so well. This is one of the best run teams, I think, in the NFL, is stay right at their pick, not panic, not overreact, 
just sit down at their pick and not trade up. Four drafts in a row, falling right into their lap, was Derwin James, Justin Herbert, Rashawn Slater, and now Zion Johnson. Mm-hmm. Four caliber all-pro players. Zion Johnson, the offensive guard at Boston College, was outstanding this season, one of the best guards in all of college football. He will have a Pro Bowl career with the Chargers. Derwin James is an all-pro. Justin Herbert is already seen as one of the best quarterbacks in football. Rashawn Slater had a very good rookie season. We'll see the step he takes next season. Is it my Chargers are my way too early champs in the AFC West? Mm, interesting. I mean, they definitely like adding guys like J.C. Jackson and free agency. Which now looking at his deal, when you saw Xavier Howard and Denzel Ward steal, even mm-hmm. like that kind of seems like a yeah. steal for the Chargers, honestly. Especially because that's what they needed. They got Khalil Mack, traded their second rounder for him, and then um, a guy they. I didn't expect them to take Isaiah Spiller, who I thought was— What round did they get him in? The uh, fifth? The fourth round, okay. 123 overall, which I thought he was like a maybe late second round, like third round guy, and they got him like pretty midway through the fourth round, and I think that's a great pick for them. Him and Eckler, um, I think they, they took Spiller because I think Josh Kelly and those guys haven't really been filling that yeah, role. Yeah, Larry of like, Downtree, another one. They took yeah. the first round in the— Fifth, sixth round last uh, yeah, year. I think it was yeah, sixth or uh, fifth or sixth. But I think that's a great pick too. Uh, Eckler's more of that receiving back, and I think it can take some of the load of like just a downhill yeah, that's exactly running with Isaiah Spiller. So that was a great pick to me. So yeah, he's, he's a different back than Eckler. He was my fourth or fifth rated running back in this year's class. You took the words in my mouth. A downhill runner. He can give Eckler kind of some rest on you know, those first and second downs. Mm-hmm. Eckler, obviously, one of the best third down backs, best pass catching back in football, not named Alvin Kamara. They're they're going to be a really good team next year. I love what they've done in the offseason. Mm-hmm. They had multiple all pros in J.C. Jackson from New England, and they traded for Khalil Mack from the Chicago Bears. And They were very close to the playoffs last year with kind of an average roster. Now they've taken some steps forward. I wish they would have gotten another receiver in there. It's fine. they got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Uh, don't think they did too much of the tight end spot. They have Donald Parham still. I'm not sure that Jared Cook is still around there, but they'll hope that a guy like Jalen Gutton takes a jump. Josh Palmer uh, from Tennessee had a good rookie season. They expect more for him. Uh, excited to see what the Chargers do next year. Let's hit the break. Coming up, we'll talk uh, A.J. Brown and Hollywood Brown trades. We'll talk Tyler Beatty to Baltimore and where the Ravens are going from here. It's a start your Sunday on KCOU 88.1 FM. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station. Hi, I'm Jonathan Litskin. And I'm David Campbell. Lacey gives it to Anya. Clock goes to two. Anya, a little turnaround, and it goes! And we're the hosts of KCOU's premier college basketball show, Marathon Department. One timeout, they don't take it. Yeah! We 
break down everything in college basketball from April to March with transfers, upsets, buzzer beaters, and more. He rifles it right in front of us to Abdul Rahman at midcourt. Extra pass. And it goes for the win! Follow the show for advice leading up to the best tournament in sports. Monk to tie it. So tune in to Merit on the Mark on Tuesdays from 1 to 2. Should you listen? Tell them, Dan. Yes! KCOU 88.1. Gotta stay in tune because you're never going to be done. Stay coming with the flame like we walk a flock in the pain. Understand that it's DNA and I do my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Hey Mizzou fans, did you know that Mizzou has the best fans in America? Well, it's true. We treat other teams as players and fans with respect. We carry ourselves with class and dignity. We cheer loudly for Mizzou and we take pride in our choices. This public service announcement has been brought to you by the Wellness Resource Center, Craft Beer Cellar, and KCOU 88.1 FM. Hey Mizzou fans, did you know that research at the Wellness Resource Center indicates that 80% of MU students have a negative opinion of people who litter during tailgating? This is why Mizzou has the best fans in America. This public service announcement has been brought to you by the Wellness Resource Center, Craft Beer Cellar, and KCOU 88.1 FM. My name is Chase Madison. And I'm Luke Magnanti. And we are Cup of Bro. A sports radio talk show right here on KCLU 88.1 FM. Join us at 11 a.m. on Fridays for some fun sports talk. Featuring our bro segment where we talk about everything that happens off the field. And drink a little bit of coffee too. So be sure to tune in to see what we got brewing up. Welcome into the second half of the show, KCOU 88.1 FM. Start your Sunday on May 1st, 2022. Decision day for a lot of colleges. Hopefully a lot of people coming to the MIZ. <laughs> Ethan Cole joining me on this Sunday morning. His debut on Start Your Sunday. Having a good time? Yes, sir. I'm having a great time. How are you? How, how, how's your day been it's, so far? It's been a great start. Got my <laughs> iced chai latte from Starbucks. Got, we're, we're, we're having always an exciting day. Got Mizzou Tiger baseball and softball both on KCOU later today. Softball going for the sweep of AM. Uh, baseball going for the series win over the defending national champs in Mississippi State later today at Taylor Field. I'll, I'll be at that game. Uh, let's talk about some other Missouri stuff. A couple of Tigers were drafted yesterday. Mm-hmm. Aklov Evans to the Minnesota Vikings in the fourth round, but I think yeah. the more important one you want to talk about is. Your favorite player in college football, you yes, sir. sir. Tyler, Tyler Beatty. Beatty. I don't know what overall it was. It was um, one, so six round. One ninety six. One ninety six. Tyler Beatty to the Baltimore Ravens, the SEC's best running back, arguably from this past season. Led the yeah. the conference in rushing yards over a thousand. First Missouri player ever to have one thousand rushing and one thousand yards receiving in the career. Now heading to Baltimore, where there's a crowded running back room, but I think potential for him to make the roster. Your overall thoughts on Tyler Beatty? Well, actually, so that pick that the Ravens took, round six, one ninety six, that's actually from the Dolphins. So that that upsets me a little bit now that now that I see that. Um, But I think he can go in and fit fit in well here. He's a little bit of a different back from a guy like J.K. Dobbins. Justin Hill is a similar back as well. Um, But I love Tyler Beatty, and I was very surprised that he was. This because even the draft, like when day three started, they're like some of the best available players. Tyler Beatty was on that list. And for him to fall to the sixth round, like 
We've said this so many times. Such a Ravens pick. Like yeah. they 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 find diamonds in the rough. They find dudes that have fallen. They're like, hang on a minute. Why is this guy still here? And we're like, all right, well, we have no choice but to take him. And I think he's a great pick. He's actually from um, uh, Baltimore, like Baltimore County as well. He's from Randallstown, Maryland. So he's going back home. He moved to um, Tennessee as a junior in high school. But he is he grew up. He was actually born in New Orleans and. He lived in Maryland for a very long time. So he's going back home. He's going to play for a, the Ravens. Yeah, now playing for the flock. Let's quickly look at the Ravens' depth chart. I have it right here. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, former Rutgers and Miami running back. Justice Hill is entering his fourth year out of Oklahoma State. And it's Tyler Beatty battling with Tyshawn Williams, who had to play last year because of the Ravens. Basically, everyone got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate McCrary was an undrafted free agent last year. I don't think he played much. I think this is right there for Beatty to make that roster. I think mm-hmm. his ability to return punts and kicks mm-hmm. is a possible reason to, to get him put on that roster because one of the players who was returning punts and kicks is no longer on that team in Hollywood Brown. And you know he's going to work as hard as he possibly can because you got to think, before this year, he was always seen as a second guy. And then when he finally got his chance, he just exploded. He actually set the single-season uh, rushing record for Mizzou. He had multiple 200-yard games, and he had just some – he was – Mizzou's offense last year, if we're being honest. When when in when in doubt, hand the ball off to Beatty was Mizzou's philosophy last season. And it's gonna be interesting to see what they do without him this year. So let's talk about this Hollywood Brown trade. So it had been rumored that Hollywood or Marquise Hollywood Brown, former Oklahoma receiver, had been with Baltimore for the last four years now, had demanded a trade out of Baltimore because he wasn't happy with the current style of offense that they had under Greg Roman, where the heavy pistol uh, run first and run second offense they had. And he wasn't getting a lot of catches, a lot of touches. We haven't seen him be the receiver we thought he could be. People are, yeah. uh, I, I could fall into this trap that, you know, maybe he was a bust. And I guess he wasn't happy about that because he hasn't gotten a fair chance. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is he demands a trade. They deal him to Arizona for a first-round pick. And at first, my reaction was like, what is Arizona doing? They're trading for a bust-wide receiver who hasn't lived up to his expectations. But then you kind of unravel it a little bit more. Played with Kyler Murray in college. Yeah, he played with Kyler a bit in college. He he didn't play much. I think that's a bit of a misleading thing because Mm. Kyler was kind of the backup that year. And he did play at times. Remember the game? Uh, Baker was suspended for... One of the games after he yeah, uh, played, had an yeah, action great. on the sideline uh, <laughs> that didn't that didn't ha- make many people happy. Uh, he was suspended for that game, and Kyler stepped in and played really well. So that's he was kind of the backup that year when Hollywood Brown was the one receiver. But regardless, he hasn't really gotten his fair chance yet. It's true, and he could, because he's a wide receiver one and an offense that only runs the ball basically. So it'll be interesting interesting to see. Arizona was just a questionable team to make that move because. They have a bunch of receivers there. They have DeAndre Hopkins they paid a bunch of money for. Um, they let Christian Kirk w- walk to the Jaguars for way too much money. Oh, yeah. But they drafted Rondale Moore in, on, in the second round last year. Andy he, Isabella was a second round pick a couple years ago. They had a really good receiver at the end of the se- season named Antoine Wesley, mm-hmm. who stepped up. He had a couple touchdowns against the Dallas Cowboys. And now they're going to try to help out, I guess, Kyler on offense. But I think they have bigger issues on that team. Uh, you, you think he can take a step up in Hollywood Brown? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't consider him a bust just because the Ravens got got a first round pick for him. Yeah. Like that. 
the Ravens, like, they want, they but kind he has of to won. Perform to the level of the first receiver True. taking that draft. I would definitely agree. And But I think just getting the first round pick back is huge for the Ravens. Like, even if he wasn't that guy and he kind of didn't fit your system. And I, uh, the Cardinals have some guys in there, like DeAndre Hopkins, who injured for most of the year last year, but we know what he, his potential is. And we know, think about this they got DeAndre Hopkins for less than they got. Marquise Brown. Crazy. Like that, to think about that, like you're like, okay, hang on. The Bill O'Brien effect. Yeah, so um, I think I think he can be one of those guys, especially if there's injuries on the Cardinals lineup and he's still in there healthy, then he's going to get a lot of um, the catches there. Um, the They still have Zach Ertz and guys like that, so they still have great pieces all around him, but um, it's very an interesting trade, needless to say. So we'll look at the Baltimore side of things now. Where does Baltimore go from here? So, you look at their lineup. They have a lot of good tight ends because they just took two tight ends that in are, the third and fourth round. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina, who I like a lot. And Charlie Kohler was my sleeper tight end. The Ravens got mm-hmm. both of them. And not to mention they have Mark, Mark Andrews, Andrews, a top five tight end in the sport. And Nick Boyle is coming off an injured reserve season. So, someone's going to be the odd man out of there. We talk so much about their running back room. But the receivers, though. It's Rashad Bateman, who they took a first round on last year. Then it's Devin Duvernay and James Prochet and Tylen Wallace. And we, Lamar's entering a contract year. He has not been offered that long-term extension yet. They have a solid offensive line. They just drafted Tyler Lindenbaum, the center from okay. Iowa in the first round. What, where does Baltimore go from here? Because this is a team that won 14 games in 2019. 2020, the COVID year, they were, won a playoff game. They were a wild card last year. Battled a lot of injuries. Finished third in the AFC North. Where, where does this team go? Because now you lose your top receiver and you're basically committing to the offense that they have that the league is, seems like it's starting to figure out. Yeah, because like in 2019, this offense just took the league by storm. Like they could not stop it. And Lamar really didn't have – he like had similar receivers that he has now. Like he didn't have – he had Marquise Brown, but he didn't have any – um, super like Mark Andrews hadn't come into his own yet. Yep. They had um, really Sneed. Yeah, they they had some interesting guys on their um, lineup, but I think man, you I don't know if you can start the season with receiver room like that. Um, a name I feared buzzing around the Ravens is Jarvis Landry. I think he'd be a great fit for them. Great guy of the slot, and Jarvis he's great with um, the run at like yards after the catch because he showed that in Cleveland. He showed that in Miami. So I think he'd be a great fit there now. I think the price tag is a big difference yeah. there because he wants a lot of money. I'm not sure if he's do that, especially after he hasn't. He's been hurt the last couple of years. So, I, in my opinion, they got to pick up somebody before the season starts. Yeah, and it's already May, and you know Tyron Matthews still for Asian. Odell Beckham is one. I uh, could see something Julio like that. Jarvis Jones. Landry, Julio. I assume Baltimore will get one of those guys, and if they do. Obviously, a lot of those guys were injured last year. Odell, we saw one healthy, was playing really well with the Rams system. It'll be interesting. Another team I want to talk about that made a trade, the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. Acquired A.J. Brown from the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee got Traylon Burks back uh, with that selection. Uh, I think the Eagles also got a third back. Eagles got a good haul uh, for A.J. Brown, who is a top 10-ish receiver in the sport. Because Tennessee didn't want to pay him. Eagles have a lot of cap room. They'll say, we'll take, you, we'll take him off your hands. And now they have the receiver room of Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. And they got uh, Zach Pascal from the Colts, who has been really solid as a number three receiver. They have Quez Watkins, very good tight end, Dallas Goddard, running back Miles Sanders, who's pretty solid, uh, decent offensive line. Now it's all on the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. This is a team where I think is going to win that division next year. Yeah. Uh, they drafted Jordan Davis in the first round, who 
one of the Great best pick. players. Nicobe Dean fell to their lap in third round. We obviously know there's a major injury concerns with him. The reason he fell to the third round and wasn't taken in the top 20. Uh, early outlook on the Eagles for next year. Man, I, I like this team coming in. Now, granted, they had three picks in the first round. They traded out. They got two picks for next year, too. So this team, it's a young team. It's just going to keep getting younger, keep getting better. A uh, guy you forgot, Jalen Rager. Yeah. They picked him over Justin Jefferson. Uh, they don't want to make them the Eagles, ever again. Yeah, the Eagles, they, they keep doing that, unfortunately. Um, Devontae Smith was a great pick, but when you, can't, when you can't draft the guy you want, just trade for A.J. Brown, all right? And so he got a huge extension, too. I think four years, $100 million, 73 57 guaranteed. Yeah. So he got paid too, and that's that's what he wanted. And the Titans, they they just couldn't get it done. And AJ Brown, I'm pretty sure he tweeted out that like he's like, this is not my fault or whatever. Um, but man, the Eagles, they really got some pieces. They got great pieces on defense. They got um, they still they have a lot of older players as well. That it's yeah. they have an interesting team because they have a mix of like young guys and like old vets too. Like well, they have Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. That, but they just drafted a center in Cam Jurgens. Great pick there from too from Nebraska. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. I know well. Wyatt Nunn, who is a friend of ours, was actually at our house watching. Like, he was a Nebraska fan, but he's also oh. a Cowboys fan. So we found out that Cam Jurgens got taken by the Eagles. He was very mixed emotions there. <laughs> uh, this is a team I think is gonna be very good because I'm not a huge believer in Dallas next year. Uh, I don't think they added a lot. They drafted Tyler Smith from Tulsa, the tackle in the first round, which is a solid player, but I thought it wasn't like the sexy pick. The Tyron Smith there. replacement, basically. Yeah. Uh, I think the Cowboys a lot of holes. I think the Eagles are heading in kind of the right direction, but it, it comes down to if Jalen Hurts can get the job done. Mm-hmm. You know, Do you think he can? Because clearly the Eagles are giving him all the help he can Man, get. Man, uh, I think like the last two years he's shown a lot of flashes, but he's also shown a lot of things where it's like, ugh. Is this our guy? Like, is he? You drafted him in the second round when you had Carson Wentz, which shocked a lot of people. Um, and you've you've given him the reins. So this year, it's it's kind of a make it break it year for Jalen Hurts. It's a, it's that way for a lot of quarterbacks in this league. Which some of them could just get the shorthand stick. The good thing is he's on the NFC side. If he was on the AFC side, I don't know if I like his chances of sticking around, honestly. But um, with having a weaker NFC. Um, at least weaker than the AFC, um, I think he has a better chance to be a lot better this year. And he's got all the weapons he needs. So, Give me your way-too-early playoff teams in the NFC for next Ooh, year. Ooh, man. Um, I, I still think the Cowboys are going to be on the bubble. They're always a good regular season team. Now, once they can put it together in the playoffs... Then well, things will change. Yeah, things will change there. Um, I, I, st- I like the Vikings out of the north still. Um, I like them a little bit over the Packers. Packers really didn't do much. They got um, Watson from North Christian Dakota. Watson, yeah. A great pick there. Um, but they added some guys on defense. That's yeah. going to be a really good defense next yeah. year. Yeah, and so they're going to be an interesting team. So I don't know if – I think they'll be a wild card or they win the division. The Vikings also penciled them as a playoff team. I mean, the Bucks they just got better. Yeah, weak division. Um, yeah, that I don't see any of the other teams in there. The, the, AF, the NFC West is still stacked. I don't know how you can't put the Rams, the 49ers, already in there. The Cardinals, too. Yeah. I think the only team in that division that doesn't make it is the Seahawks. That's just because they're, they're kind of hitting good. the rebuild button right now. Um, so, man, there's a lot of – I would I would have – those teams I highlighted, I would say those are my early picks for yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think there's still so much time. We'll obviously do a lot of preview stuff in the offseason. For the last couple minutes, I clearly want to zag on a topic, something I want to get your attention of because I think this is kind of a big topic and especially college sports right now, and it's a transfer portal. So mm. I don't know if you heard some of the news this weekend, but Jordan Addison, the wide receiver at mm, Pittsburgh, yeah. uh, had kind of, who was the best, the Blitnikoff, Blitnikoff award winner, winner last yeah. year for the best receiver is 
you know, now considering transferring because of tampering that's going on with Lincoln Riley and USC. Because now there's rumors that Lincoln Riley's been calling him a lot lately, and you know they're flying him out to California to go meet with them while he's still a member of Pittsburgh. And it just kind of shows how broken this transfer portal, which has done a lot of good for the sport, but we also see the bad of it and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So he's expected to enter the transfer portal. He's expected to go to USC before the deadline, which is May 1st. So it's kind of he has through today to do it. Uh, USC hasn't commented on what's going on. Just your thoughts on kind of the mess because USC is now offering him $2 million and Pittsburgh is now entering a bidding war for a college student, essentially. Yeah. What are your thoughts that's, on this mess? That's what happens with those NIL deals. I feel like it's just going to continue to be like this. Actually, um, an NFL player uh, kind of it was actually a picture with Jonathan Jones or somebody. Yeah. He tweeted like he's like these college dudes. They already got money. Like going to the NFL for them. Like it's like oh man, I'm not I'm not I'm already kind of rich because I already was good in college. So like this is kind of just adding on to that. Um, but that that bidding war, I don't really like that. Um, I think it kind of takes away from the sport a little bit. Um, now if Jordan Addison goes to USC, it's USC team. is going to yeah they they are stacked. They're going to hopefully return to what they used to be in the early 2000s. Um, and so we could see them possibly come back. I don't think this is the year they turn it around. Like, they'll be good, they're no really question. Good. But I don't think they're a championship contender until maybe next yeah, year. Yeah, I, I think it could be this year, personally, because mm. they, have, they added maybe the best quarterback in college football with Caleb Williams from Yeah, he, oh, he was so good They a great last running year. back in Travis Dye from mm. one of their rival schools, Oregon. Oregon. Now they can go pull a top two receiver in the sport from Pittsburgh. From tampering, basically, I think there's the transport I mentioned does a lot of really good for more of the smaller schools, the volleyball, the baseball, the softball, because players who don't get a chance to play one school can go to another. Mm-hmm. But then you see situations like this where Pittsburgh's offering $2 million and USC is now offering $3 million. It's a bidding war, and guys like Aaron Donald and Larry Fitzgerald are trying to pay to get this guy to stay at this <sighs> Pittsburgh. And it's it's a mess that needs that needs some fixing and hopefully uh, changes can come because there's really good to the transfer portal but then there's also the bad side like this USC mm. I think uh, will be really strong Utah is a team I think is going to win that division next year but we'll get a lot of college football stuff once we hit the fall Ethan Cole thank you for coming on thank you for joining us and starting your Sunday on start your Sunday yes, sir thank you for having me awesome we'll see you guys next week Lydia will be back we'll do not even sure hopefully some NFL news some stuff.